0: Hello, Health Investor. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Dr. Crystal Koo. Crystal is a graduate of Wellesley College and also the University of the Pacific Arthur A. Dugoni School of Dentistry. She practices general dentistry in San Mateo, California, in the center of Silicon Valley. As a prevention-obsessed dentist, she and her sister Catherine created Cocoa Floss in 2015. Outside of private practice, Crystal volunteers to provide dental treatment and oral health education to underserved communities without access to care. She's passionate about finding creative ways to inspire folks to start flossing and to love it. For Crystal, success as a doctor means she's helped patients achieve a healthy mouth and broader understanding of how oral health relates to the body overall. In the episode, Crystal shares what to look for in a toothpaste, whether or not to use fluoride on your teeth, what makes her floss stand out from the rest, and more. If you've been enjoying what you hear on the Health Investment Podcast, please tell a friend or family member about it. My goal is to empower as many people as possible to invest in their health so that they can look and feel their best. So, I'd love to have your friends, family members, and coworkers along for the ride. I can't thank you enough for your support and help in spreading the word. Truly, it means so much to me. All right, it's time to hear from Crystal. Enjoy! Hi. I'm Brooke Simonson, Certified Nutrition Coach and host of the Health Investment Podcast. Here's the thing, you deserve to feel amazing. But here's the other thing, there are so many confusing messages out there. Week after week, I'm gonna share tips and practices that actually work for simple weight loss and sustainable wellness because I wanna help you get healthy for good without any BS. When I'm not podcasting, I work with clients one-on-one So visit the show notes to book your free consultation. And don't forget to leave a review so that others can become trim, energized, confident, BS-busting rock stars like you. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Dr. Koo. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. I was mentioning to you off-air that one of your colleagues, Dr. Ariana Ibrahimian, was previously on talking about dental health, and it was one of the top episodes. So I can't wait to really dive into this topic again with you and hear your take on oral health and especially flossing.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Brooke. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Can you
0: start by sharing your story and specifically what led you to become a dentist to begin with?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so I would say a number of things pointed me in the direction of dentistry. Um, the first being that my mom is a dentist, um, and you'll, you'll find that in dentistry, there are a lot of families of dentists, which is Mm. unique. Yeah. Um, but she loves her work and growing up, I admired the relationship she had with her patients and the impact she had in their lives. So I never, I never really thought I was necessarily going to do exactly what she did. I kind of knew in my mind early on that it was an option for me, um, but then I went on to college and I tried to be open-minded, <laughs> but I, I decided to take pre-med and pre dental courses just in case. Um, I have a lot of doctors in my family, so I felt like um, I kind of had like an early inclination towards healthcare. Mm. Yeah, but then um, I ended up falling in love with chemistry, which was really weird because mm. um, <laughs> in high school chemistry <laughs> is my like absolute least favorite subject. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, I was gonna say probably me too. So <laughs> I think that would have—that's cool that you kind of changed.
1: I yeah, but... had a really good chemistry professor that kind of just, you know, made me realize how much fun it was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So then, but then, you yeah, know, that was chemistry, right? So then, um, I don't know, I guess like extracurricularly, extracurricularly um, in college, I dabbled in biochem and chemical engineering research. Um, I ran a magazine. <laughs> oh <my laughs> um, I did a lot of random things, but I I found myself having the most fun and fulfillment in doing this volunteer project that I had with other pre-dental students. Um, We would go to local elementary schools and teach kids how to brush their teeth and taught them about cavities. Hmm. Um, And the kids were so cute and it was so much fun that um, it was just with that information (laughs) and that alone that I decided, okay, I'm ready to go to dental school. Wow. That's so cool. And then from the rest is history. The rest is history. But it's funny because like, you know, showing kids how to brush their teeth, like that's just such a small, tiny part of what I do now as a dentist. <laughs> right. I was going to say, are the kids still as charming now that you're in charge full time?
0: And I'm sure sometimes it's rough with kids.
1: Yeah. And it's so different being that person um, who's holding like, you know, an instrument in their hand that looks sharp versus right. like, being in a classroom with markers and saying, "Hey, this, hey guys, this is how you brush your teeth." It, it's a completely different scenario and vibe.
0: <laughs> right. So going back, I wonder. You know, that's it's funny how life works out. How those little yeah, moments I mean, have an impact.
1: Right. Yeah. That's it's, funny. And I isn't your sister also a dentist? So she's not a dentist. Oh, um, okay. She's kind of an artist at heart, I would say. <laughs> oh. But yeah. she founded the company with you, Coco Floss. Yep. She's my co-founder and um, she's the CEO and I would say she's the brains behind the whole thing. Awesome. Well, that's
0: so cool. I can't wait to talk all about flossing and Coco Floss, but one thing I'd like to tackle a little bit more is I was looking at your clinic on the about page. It mentions integrative oral medicine and Dr. Ibrahimian kind of touched on that, but I'd love if you could explain what that means to you, an integrative approach versus maybe a more traditional dental approach.
1: Yeah, that, that's, yeah, definitely. So good question in that, what it means to me, because for everyone, it might mean something different. And also, um, it's not like a recognized, um, like specialty in dentistry. Yeah, but in my practice, um, I, I would say that I generally use a more holistic approach to diagnosis and treatment. Um, the mouth, as Dr. Ariana mentioned, is the gateway to the entire body. And so um, things that occur in the mouth are often related to things that are happening elsewhere in the body. So like the things I discuss with my patients typically go beyond their dental or oral symptoms. Um, and sometimes that can take, someone off, take people off guard, you know, because... You know, they they think they're coming in to talk about their teeth. And all of a sudden I'm talking about like their ankle. (laughs) Mm. Um, But yeah, the things that I discuss with my patients, um, you know, they go beyond their dental and oral symptoms. And um, because my goal overall for them is to help, you know, help them with their health, um, both in their mouth and their whole body um, for the whole lifetime. Um, Not Mm. just about today or right now, but over their whole lifetime. And to address all the influences that can affect both their oral and systemic health.
0: Right. So what are some of the signs in your mouth, some of the clearer ones that something else could be going on elsewhere in your body?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, when you open your mouth, or or as a dentist, when I look into someone's mouth, I can tell instantaneously if they have, you know, chronic inflammation in their body. Um, I observe, um, a patient's posture, um, and their breathing habits. Um, I can, I also observe things, um, like let's say I'll observe their hands or like what, like their nails or like what, they brought in with them. Did they come in carrying like a can of Coke? Um, mm-hmm. Like their, their diet, their, their habits, um, and, and their lifestyle overall. So um, a lot of, all these things uh, play a role in um, how their teeth are today and how their teeth will be in the future. Um, and also it'll, it affects like how pe- whether or not people will achieve their goals if they have any.
0: Mm. What are some of the biggest, most dest- detrimental, Things affecting oral health. Is it mostly soda or is that the number one still? Soda, candy.
1: <laughs> soda is really bad. Yeah. Soda, I mean, I guess bigger, I, I think um probably sugar and um, processed foods overall. Mm. Yeah.
0: Interesting. So not just soda.
1: Not but... just soda. Yeah. This yeah. is why, though, I wish in dental school that we had a nutrition class because mm. there's so much um, in the category of nutrition that comes up day to day in practice as a dentist. And um, it, I would love to be able to help people more you know, with, in, with their teeth and their overall health through nutrition, but um, I have, you know, limited knowledge of it.
0: Yeah. I hear that from medical doctors that I interview as well, hmm. just how little nutrition they get, or if they do get it, it's mostly, you know, how to prevent scurvy or something through nutrition. Right. It's not day to day optimizing your health. Types yeah. of nutrition courses. And, you know, I think it obviously depends on the school and some I think are getting better at this, but yeah, that's pretty fascinating because when you think about it, we all eat multiple times per day. <laughs> it's essential, you know, eating and nutrition is such a central part of everyone's life, Right. but for, you know, medical doctors and dentists not to have that kind of as a central focus of education, I think is kind of bizarre.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Speaking of nutrition. So what specifically in your mouth can nutrition affect?
1: Ah, great question. Um, so there's actually a huge epidemic of underdeveloped jaws. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically as human beings, as a population, our mouths are getting smaller and thus our airways are getting smaller because our foods that we eat are overly processed. So, um, and I think this this kind of occurred around the time of the industrial revolution that um, we saw this shift in um, the way that our mouths have developed. And also even dental caries or tooth decay, um, that became a thing in like the 1850s. So just processed food in general is like the biggest factor.
0: What happens if you have a smaller jaw versus a, is it more narrow versus wider? And what, what are the implications of that?
1: So when you have a smaller jaw, it may cause the tongue to fall farther back into your throat and close off your airway or make your airway smaller in volume Mm -hmm. and affect your breathing. And so that can have um, effects in your whole body and your growth and development and, you know, how clear you are in the mind, um, your sleep quality, um, your posture, um, it's all related to the airway.
0: What if somebody does have, let's say, a smaller jaw at this point later in life? Is there anything you can do about that now? Or it's kind of just a bummer? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's definitely something you can do now. Um, you can there are orthodontic and surgical methods to help um, correct jaws that are too small. Um, by the way, one of the symptoms of this is like malocclusion or um, or even just like crowded teeth. Like, for example, um, clear aligners are super popular right now. Um, I guess we're not really seeing people these days because of the pandemic, but mm. behind, um, behind the masks, a lot of people are wearing clear aligners and, and straightening their teeth while they can in private. And um, it's a, a symptom of the fact that our, or the crowding is a symptom of the fact that our jaws are too small. So you could do, again, braces to align your teeth. Um, and if there's not enough space in your jaws, there are actually surgical methods that you could use to expand your teeth or orthodontic methods to do that.
0: So it's really important to tackle nutrition early on or as early as possible. It seems like for
1: development of jaw of a proper jaw shape. Exactly. Yeah. Really important um, for our children. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Tongue and lip posture is really important too. So that's another thing in terms of maintenance. Um, like establishing proper tongue and lip posture um, after you've widened your jaw and, and maintaining it that way um, is important.
0: Hmm. And then this is stuff that you can obviously teach people, or if somebody's more interested in learning about this, probably seek out an integrative dentist
1: in your area. Yeah, yeah. or they could find an oral myofunctional therapist um, to help them with their tongue and lip posture. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like you've gone down quite the rabbit hole. <laughs> no, I
0: think it's fascinating though. No, I really like it because I think this is a lot of things that I even see an integrative dentist, but sometimes I saw a different one in New York City and they talk about different things.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I think my, doc- my doctors haven't even talked to me about tongue and lip posture. So maybe it's just not an issue with me or yeah. I mean, that's something new. I just think with oral health, I constantly learn new stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's so much that we're all still learning about.
0: Right. Do you recommend treatments like Invisalign? I'm always kind of skeptical of that because it seems too good <laughs> to be true. But I think a lot of people do it. Is that effective?
1: Invisalign is actually very effective. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but it, it depends on um, who's prescribing the Invisalign treatment for you. I. So. See. Yeah, like um, there are a lot of like Invisalign-like products that are kind of self-directed, which I don't recommend. Um, but as long as you have a, um, a doctor overseeing your treatment closely, um, it's it's a great way to align your teeth and improve your bite.
0: Right. Yeah, I, there are a lot of those knockoffs that are cheaper. And I guess, you know, you kind of like you said, you do it yourself. But those definitely seem fishy to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty concerning to me. <laughs>
0: So maybe one of them was already this idea of nutrition and how important that is, not just soda and candy like we hear, but also processed foods. Mm-hmm.
1: So maybe that's kind of
0: a myth floating around out there. But there are, are there other myths that kind of irk you that people tend to believe about oral hygiene?
1: Oh, I think that the biggest one is that people think that it's normal to have bleeding gums. Mm. They just think, oh, yeah, when I floss, it bleeds. That's the only time it bleeds and I floss. <laughs> um, but bleeding is a symptom of, of chronic inflammation. Um, and meanwhile, like other parts of our body, if it was if it would just bleed when you touched it, you know, you would be concerned. Hmm. Um, like if it was your eye, if, oh, if I rub my eye and it's bleeding and it's like, oh, that's normal. It's just because I rubbed it. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Um, but for the mouth, we're so accustomed to, to bleeding gums that we think it's normal. That and tooth decay. We think tooth decay is normal too. Mm.
0: And then again, so treatments for those would be going back to nutrition or for bleeding gums, what is the best plan of attack for that?
1: Well, so I guess, I mean, here, here comes the holistic approach again, it's trying to understand all the factors that contribute to the bleeding gums. And it can be, it could be your diet, it could be your, um, your oral hygiene and your home care. Um, it could be your, um, like whether or not you have professional assistance, like do you go to the dentist and have um, like professional teeth cleanings periodically? Um, It could also be, um, there are some genetic factors. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of factors. Oh, it also could even be like how you're breathing. If you're breathing through your mouth primarily, it could help, it would uh, contribute to chronically inflamed gums. Interesting.
0: So- touching on, you mentioned oral care. So what is your best recommendation in terms of number of times to floss and brush every day? And then I specifically want to get into your brand of floss, which I mentioned I'm obsessed with. So,
1: <laughs> Thanks. Um, so um, best recommendations, I would say, you know, while we're all working at home, if you could brush after every meal, that would be really ideal. But that's with a soft bristled toothbrush and using a toothpaste with a low abrasive index.
0: Oh, okay. So, what is that? What what kinds are those?
1: Um, so every, toothpaste have a RDA value, which is like the relative dental abrasivity value, um, and usually, and this is something you can Google because there's you know so many types of toothpaste, um, and then look for ones that have the lower that are lower on the RDA scale, like hmm. 100 and lower are really good.
0: Okay. What about mouthwash?
1: Mouthwash. Um. So generally. I would avoid alcohol-containing mouthwashes because they tend to be overly drying to the oral mucosa or like the soft tissue in your mouth, um, and they kind of can create an imbalance in your mouth.
0: Okay. Do you recommend that the average person use mouthwash, or if you're brushing enough, is that not really necessary?
1: Yeah, I, I would say the average person need not use mouthwash if they're brushing and flossing regularly and thoroughly. Oh yeah. That was the other part of it. Um, how often should you floss? Um, I, I think it's good to floss at least once a night.
0: Okay. So brushing as often as possible after eating, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: possibly mouthwash that doesn't contain alcohol Mm -hmm. flossing at night. Do you floss before or after you brush your teeth?
1: (laughs) That's a great question. Um, it for me depends on the night <laughs> so oh, okay. I have one rule but by the way Brooke this all depends on your diet too so right. I guess you know that's the hard part about all of this is that there's really no one size fits all prescription um because everyone's diets are so different mm-hmm. yeah so it depends on like like let's say you I mean it's really the processed foods and sugary foods that are going to wreak the most havoc on your oral microbiome and so those are the ones those are the meals for which it would be best to brush immediately afterwards. Um, But, you know, if you're not eating these plaque-forming foods or these um, tooth decay-causing foods, then it might not be as necessary for you to brush as frequently.
0: Mm, Okay, interesting. Yeah. And then tongue scrapers get a lot of hype. Is that something that you recommend?
1: Yeah, definitely. The tongue has so much surface area um, because of all the little papilla in there. Um, And so it's really good to keep that clean and brush oh. it or brush or clean it. Oh, okay. So you
0: can just brush it. I've also seen a recommendation that you can just use a regular metal spoon and just yeah, use a
1: spoon too. Yeah.
0: Okay. So no need to buy fancy equipment for that, even though, you know, there's a lot of hype around these <laughs> special tongue scrapers, but
1: yeah, you can, I mean, I, I'm all about, about habit formation too. You know, it's hard to build habits. Um, like it's hard to, you know, like plan to work out all the time or, um, you know, take that supplement, whatever it is that you're trying to do to help make yourself healthier. So if it's gonna be a tongue scraper, like a fancy tongue scraper that's gonna get you to do it, then by all means go get it. Right. That's a good point. Yeah.
0: And then um I always post a question sticker on Instagram and a follower asked about fluoride. Uh-huh. What about so we'll tackle maybe first, is it necessary to get fluoride in your toothpaste? Yes or no.
1: oh gosh that's another like there's no one size fits all okay yeah i think it's it's so there you know some of us live in communities with fluoride in the water and some of us don't so that's one big factor um and also it goes again back to diet and nutrition um so i don't think that everyone needs fluoride products though um fluoride can help teeth um there's also you know because a lot of us have fluoride in the water, we might not need the fluoride in the toothpaste. Um, But it really depends. And also depends on what you choose to eat and how you, the other ways that you're taking care of your teeth. Um, There's a risk of over, like overuse of fluoride, which is why we have to be careful about how much fluoride we're um, like ingesting, for example. Um, So certainly don't swallow your toothpaste. It's kind of like shampoo. You wash your hair and rinse it off with toothpaste. You brush your teeth and rinse it out too.
0: Right. So then I was going to ask about fluoride in water.
1: Mm-hmm. So it seems as
0: if, if there's fluoride in your water, maybe you don't need it in your toothpaste. But then if you drink predominantly bottled water or filtered water, then maybe using fluoride in a toothpaste could be helpful.
1: Yeah. And it also depends on if you have any active tooth decay, which obviously I hope no one here listening has an active tooth decay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, so fluoride in water, it's, you know, it's shown to help reduce the incidence of tooth decay in communities that have fluoride in the water. Um, That's why we have it. But then, like you've mentioned, a lot of our water filtration systems, which are there for good reason, um, it does take out the fluoride too. Um, So it all depends. Um, You know, the other thing about fluoride in toothpaste uh, is that the it's it's kind of questionable how much fluoride is actually up taken into the tooth um with like an over the counter fluoride toothpaste. Hmm. Um yeah, so like it's hard to do like in vivo studies or like studies on humans because it's, you know, not ethical. Hmm. But um, so we don't really know how well that fluoride is being taken up into the tooth on a daily basis just these like using like your, you know, the something that you got at the drugstore. Um and I think it has to do with like the pH of the environment. Um and the concentration of the fluoride in the toothpaste. So there's a difference between like the fluoride that you get in your dental practice, in your dental office or at your dentist versus what you buy off the shelf.
0: Mm, interesting. Yeah. That reminds me, I once had kind of a baby cavity watch or something, and they prescribed mm-hmm. me a tube of toothpaste to use that had a ton of fluoride in it, I guess. And I just mm-hmm. used it till that was gone. And then I guess yeah. the issue was remedied, but So yeah, I guess there are different strengths as well. That's good to
1: bring up, right? Yeah. So it's it's so hard to say. I wish wish it would. It was easy enough to just say yes or no on all these questions, but it really depends.
0: Well, I think they're good just ideas to consider, and then people can go to their dentist and kind of bring up and dive deeper for their own personal needs. Um, But yeah, I think you know sparking. Intriguing questions is always good. Yeah. yeah. Is there a natural way to keep your teeth whiter? For example, if you're a coffee and red wine drinker like I am, or (laughs) it's just gonna kind of be (laughs) that my teeth are not gonna be as white as possible.
1: Well, um, so yeah, like anything that can stain a white shirt can technically stain your teeth over time too. Um, But I think that the easiest and simplest way to keep your teeth whiter is just to make sure your teeth are just clean of bacterial plaque. Hmm. Um, bacterial plaque is a really sticky, grimy biofilm. Um, and so these extrins these the extrinsic stain or like the pigment from the coffee and the wine, um, the pigments adhere most readily to like that sticky bacterial plaque on your teeth. Hmm. So yeah, if you could keep that biofilm kind of like off your teeth, then um, there's less for the pigments to adhere to. Okay.
0: I'd also heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but drinking coffee, let's say through a straw or something, mm-hmm. can that help at all? Or
1: Yeah, it can. Cause then you're just bypassing um, the front teeth where people often get their coffee stains. Yeah.
0: Okay. Or, got it. Like, so not letting those substances touch your teeth if possible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's contact time of the, um, of the pigmented food or beverages, food or beverage to the, to the tooth structure.
0: Okay well so to tackle flossing and to really get into this mm-hmm. um so we know flossing is important at least once per day maybe more but why did you start a floss company
1: <laughs> yeah' that's a great question so um i you know just a few years into um, practicing dentistry i quickly grew, grew pretty discouraged by the fact that a lot of the work i was doing was reactive so um you know like i'm like treating problems after they've already occurred. And I'm spending most of my time as a dentist, you know, diagnosing and treating diseases and um, drilling and filling teeth. And it, after a while, I just started to feel like, oh, I'm starting to sound like a broken record here. I'm diagnosing gum disease morning and night, um, all day, every day, and, um, and, and tooth decay. Um, and also over half of the cavities that I di- diagnosed um, involved areas in between the teeth. And these are areas that can't be reached by the toothbrush, but can only be reached by floss. Mm. So um, through all of this, I kind of just became obsessed with flossing because I was trying to teach my patients how to floss, talking to them about flossing. Um, and I spent more time doing that than um, than anything else. <laughs> and so I was like, "What? what is it? Why are people flossing? Um, and, you know, flossing is just one of the easiest and cheapest ways to prevent Gum disease and tooth decay, and just people aren't doing it. So mm-hmm. I wanted to create something better. And why is your product better? Um, well, as you have you seen, it's a very um, it's like a woven floss. It's made with, with several hundred loosely woven microfiber filaments, um, and it attracts and it grabs plaque and it pulls it off the teeth. So it's thicker and it's more absorbent than the average floss, but it can still fit between tight contacts. Um, and it's used with coconut oil, which makes it um, have some antimicrobial properties. And um, we've also made them smell really good because um, plaque, quite frankly, smells bad. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. And again, like you said, if a uh, tongue scraper helps you stick with that habit, then go for it. Mm-hmm. I think flossing is more fun with cocoa floss. I mean, I think I'm going to sound like I'm giving you the best commercial here because <laughs> I, I truly, truly... I'm obsessed with your floss and I, my husband and I, and I freak out now if we are running out and we have <laughs> the free samples of glide or whatever
1: yeah. that the dentist
0: gives us, because I have always flossed and I've always taken it very seriously. So I've always, always flossed once a day, mm-hmm. but I haven't actually felt the benefits of flossing since I've used cocoa floss. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel any I don't feel like I'm flossing at all if I use any other type of floss. And I've tried a bunch of different kinds. And I also have very tight teeth. So I was told before that I have to get those tape thin. ones. Yeah. And those mm-hmm. don't really do anything. But cocoa Floss comfortably fits between my teeth. But you can actually feel it removing
1: gum. Yeah. Yay. I'm so glad you found it. Well, yeah, me too.
0: My dentist described it as a loofah for my teeth. And I thought that was fascinating. So I ordered it right away. But I mean, I think she's 100% right.
1: Awesome.
0: Real quick, I want to take a break from the episode to share one of my favorite resources with you. One of the BS messages floating around out there is that eating healthy costs too much. Honestly, I used to believe this myself. That is until I discovered thrivemarket.com. Thrive Market is an online grocery platform that's essentially Costco meets Trader Joe's meets Whole Foods. I love that I can shop on their mobile app and have all of my favorite groceries, everything from natural wine to 100% grass-fed beef to nutritious crackers, everything delivered right to my door. Last year, I saved over thousand dollars shopping on Thrive. I honestly can't think of one reason not to love it. To save a percentage off your first order and see my full shopping list, click through the links in the show notes. Now back to the episode. What's the percentage of cavities that are between your teeth versus the percentage that you can get with toothbrushing? I'm just curious. Is it mostly there between your teeth?
1: Um, gosh, I pulled that number a few years ago in my dental practice. I want to say. I mean, it was definitely more like the majority of um, the cavities that I was treating my practice involved surfaces in between the teeth, but that that doesn't mean that it didn't have surfaces that were also reachable with the toothbrush. So I, I can't tell you a percent necessarily, but um, percentage-wise, um, without flossing, you're missing a good 35% of your teeth when you're just brushing alone. So yeah, 35% of the tooth surface can't be accessed with a toothbrush.
0: Wow. That's incredible. I'd love to hear just more. I'm really, Shark Tank is my favorite show, (laughs) but just, I mean, what has it been like creating a floss company? I mean, I'm sure there've been so many challenges and highs and lows, but just, I mean, was it everything you expected or what are kind of the biggest things that you didn't anticipate? Uh, Well,
1: honestly, it's been so much Mm -hmm. fun. and it, you know, my sister was the hardest person to convince because she wasn't a flosser, and um, so when we started, I kind of had to, you know, try to like help her see the problem. So I had her spend a lot of time in my dental practice, and I, she started asking her friends about their teeth, and um, she started to realize like, wow, this, you know, like oral diseases and gum di- gum disease and tooth decay if they're so common like she noticed that all of her friends had dental problems and she didn't even know about it because it's not the typical thing you talk about over brunch or at happy mm-hmm. hour right so um but it, we we made it that way <laughs> we, especially starting the company you know we would talk about um flossing everywhere and anywhere um and honestly it's been so much fun so I think that was really surprising because um you know to start Catherine my sister she was like, you, you want me to start a what, a floss company, a floss business? And that sounds so boring. Um, meanwhile, you know, her peers are, you know, creating software and, um, I don't know, building technologies and, and here we are making floss. Right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's been it's
0: been really fun. That was a surprise. That's awesome. Do you guys have plans to expand your SKUs into other things or are you sticking with floss? Or maybe you can't even say at this moment.
1: I can share the one thing that we have coming um soonest. We have a toothbrush coming out early next year. Oh cool. Year.
0: Yeah. Are you allowed to share what that's gonna look like or is it a surprise? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I can share, um, so you know how I was saying that brushing can't reach 35% of yeah. the surfaces. So what's really cool about our toothbrush is that we had it tested at a university and um they have this like machine where they'll do like a, like a brushing technique over like a tooth model, and they'll measure like how well it cleans a surface. Um, and interdentally, or in between the teeth, our toothbrush cleans sixteen times better than like a normal standard toothbrush. Which I was blown away by that number. I knew that we designed it to be good. I didn't know it'd be I was <laughs> like oh, great news, better yeah. than expected. No, way better than expected.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah, I think that's such a common story. Your sister's story of just not flossing. Um. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's because people haven't really felt the benefits of flossing with the typical flosses on the market. I know I had it and I still did it just because I thought I should. But it actually is Mm -hmm. more fun, I think, to floss with cocoa Floss because you actually get in there and you get stuff out. So you feel the difference. So maybe that's, I don't know. I don't know if people would call flossing fun. I know I would,
1: but. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, also with like thin slippery floss. I mean, it hurts to hold it. You know, you, you have to get those like purple fingers. Right. Um, and it's slippery, so it's hard to hold it. And then um, people also, I mean, this is something that like only dentists and dental hygienists will notice, but people will cut their gums um, with the thin slippery floss and they'll cut it, cut their gums over and over again in the same place um, due to like improper technique. And then the gums will heal separately like that. So we'll end up with like almost like a. It's like a scar, but like not even a scar. I mean, it, it'll heal into two separate pieces. So you have like a bifurcated gum papilla, for example. Oh, wow. What is,
0: I don't know if you can describe this or if it's you have to show it, but what is proper flossing technique? I don't really
1: even know if I'm doing it right. <laughs> so you want to try to, um, first of all, you want to make sure you're going in between every tooth. Okay. And also behind the back molars if you can, which is tricky. It takes practice. Um, and in between each tooth, you want to, um, you know, go past the contact point and down, uh, like hug the tooth like with a C shape and hug the tooth kind of like you would like imagine you're um, using a towel to clean your back. Mm -hmm. Stay closely approximated to the tooth surface and sneak a little bit underneath the gums. That's also something that people don't really know that they're supposed to do, but um, that's where a lot of the bacterial plaque resides. Um, You need to be able to go Underneath the gums, just a Okay,
0: bit. at the top of, like, where the tooth meets, or at the bottom, I guess, if you're on the bottom. But for a top tooth, for example. Yeah. So go underneath the top mm-hmm. of where the gum meets the tooth.
1: Yes, but stay close to Got the it. tooth. Got it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so with healthy gums and with proper technique, it's a painless process.
0: Right, and your gums should not be bleeding.
1: Gums should not be bleeding. Okay,
0: yeah. and then what... What exactly is it with all the fibers? Like, what makes your floss like a loofah? How do you guys make it like that?
1: I think it's, um well, it's it's the number of filaments that there are. So I don't know if you've ever pulled your floss apart, but you can, like, like break it open and see all the little filaments. It, they all kind of trap
0: the mm. Interesting. So you just yeah. weave tons, of, I mean, hundreds or dozens? Hundreds? hundreds. Oh, hundreds. wow. Hundreds. That's incredible.
1: Yeah, I know they're very tiny. That's cool. That's very cool.
0: Um, yeah, I love how you started offering to the refills for the little plastic containers yeah. so that you can just easily swap in instead of buying the new plastic container every time, because that's also great for the environment.
1: Yeah, and actually, um, this is kind of cool. Starting um, next year, early next year, um, our floss will be made of recycled water bottles instead of... Oh my towels. gosh.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, I'm really... Of that and happy about that. That's awesome. Yeah. One other question I had about flossing. Um, so I know mm-hmm. when I'm at the dentist office, when they do it for me, they kind of move the floss for every tooth. But when I floss, I just mm-hmm. kind of keep my fingers in the same place. And I feel like I'm reusing the same part of the floss on every tooth. Is that bad to do?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's another really big, uh, important um, point in good flossing technique you do want to use a clean section of floss for every interdental space that way you're not running bacteria from one tooth to another
0: yeah I was kind of thinking that the other night when I was approaching this interview (laughs) and thinking about talking to you and so yeah
1: I think it is it
0: is kind of an art to master it and to do it properly but with practice Mm -hmm. I mean hopefully you're practicing once per day so that's a new that's a new strategy I need to start tonight
1: yeah I kind, of, I kind of think about it like like tying your shoelaces like remember what it was like to learn how to tie your shoelaces the first time and then now you could do it with your eyes closed and in the dark uh, right so daily really practice we should all be yeah that it. makes sense well I'd
0: love to know yeah. just to kind of wrap up if there if you could wave a magic wand and change certain aspects of dentistry as it exists today what changes would you want to make
1: wow <sighs> Well, this is gonna sound pretty ridiculous, but I would just love to wave a magic wand and eliminate tooth decay. Mm, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really such a drag, and then people think like, oh, but then you'd be out of business as a dentist. But um, you know, that's like for me as a dentist, the most fun part about being a dentist is not about you know drilling and filling um, or pulling teeth. Like that's my least favorite work. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, as dentists, it's really fun to you know be able to help people get healthier and restore their smiles, help them build their confidence, um, make smiles more beautiful and more functional. Um, And it's really not very much fun to have to, you know, treat decay.
0: Yeah. You want to be able to give everybody the good news. I mean, you feel so proud when you leave the dentist and you get a clean bill of health and, you know, everything looks good and sparkly and white. And, you know, it's kind of like a Mm -hmm. badge of honor to walk out of there feeling great and not so much if you know there's bad news so
1: right yeah and it just you know dental decay afflicts I think it's the most prevalent chronic disease globally and um it's just I mean hopefully no one that you know has ever experienced this but it's very painful Mm -hmm. um so you know I just I just hate that like I I hate being that person to to either have to like witness somebody like in tears because of their dental pain and, or have to tell someone that they, you know, need dental work done and, and then put them in tears. You know, I, there's none of that is fun. Mm-hmm. for me. To to eliminate teeth, okay?
0: And then to do so, obviously we talked about nutrition, but then do you recommend mm-hmm. getting your teeth cleaned every six months? Is that also helpful?
1: Yeah, I would say that's a really good practice and not just for the act of getting them cleaned And that is important, but also just spending time with your dental professional and identifying ways that you could further improve upon your oral health and, um, you know, establish, you know, habits and practices that will help optimize your oral health and, and longevity. Of your right.
0: Team. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause for example, if I wouldn't have gone to my dentist, then I might not have found out about this new floss that has been life changing. <laughs> so yeah, it's good to just kind of get updates on new strategies or products or whatever. Yeah. Well, the final question I ask each of my guests is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? And feel free to take that any way you want, whether it's overall health or more specifically targeted to dental health.
1: Well, I mean, dental health is oral. Oral health is Mm -hmm. overall health. So, if you care about your health, take the time to care for your oral health too, Um, and be mindful of what you put in your mouth because. that includes what you choose to eat and the products you use because, you know, ultimately you're in the driver's seat and you're in control of your oral health and your overall health. Mm
0: -hmm. One other question going along that. So you said like the products you choose to use, I know there's a lot of sort of natural toothpaste brands out there. Is that Mm -hmm. something you recommend or it's okay to stick with just kind of the run of the mill Colgate or Sensodyne?
1: I guess it depends on, um, you know, what your goals okay. are. Um, yeah, I mean, certain toothpaste have special ingredients or um, that will help address certain needs. For example, like a Sensodyne um, likely has potassium nitrate in it, um, which helps alleviate um, like dentinal sensitivity or tooth sensitivity. Uh-huh. Um, they're also lower on the abrasivity index, which is great. Um, but then sometimes these over-the-counter ones are like these ordinary ones, they have things like SLS, and um, sometimes that can be um, irritating for some people. So I guess it depends on what your goals are and what your
0: needs okay, are. Okay, so just kind of experiment or, again, talk to your own dentist. Find yeah. That, yeah. Or like,
1: you know, yeah, an example of like a, of a natural one that isn't so good or, you know, some of these um, charcoal-containing toothpastes, you know, they, they are marketing themselves as being natural. But in honesty, like charcoal-containing toothpastes are pretty bad for your teeth. Um, they're overly abrasive and they can harm your teeth
0: in the long run um, with prolonged use. Hmm. Interesting. So don't use those, or if you're going to use it, just use it for a limited time. Um,
1: yeah, I, I don't just recommend clear. Them. I mean, I've tried it. Yeah, it's scare okay.
0: Interesting. Yeah, and again, I mean, it's just like, I think with packaged foods, where the labels <laughs> on the front of the package can be very misleading. If they say organic or non-GMO, then we're led to believe that these are a health product. But same, you know, mm-hmm. it could say natural and charcoal for whitening, but not a good idea.
1: Right. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, aside from looking up your product, um, I'm sure CocoFloss, is it CocoFloss.com? Yeah, it is CocoFloss.com. Awesome. <laughs> and that's yeah. COCO, but I'll put a link in the show notes. Where else can listeners follow and find you?
1: We have an active Instagram at getCocoFloss. Okay. Um, and my sister and I keep talking about creating a TikTok, so we'll probably do it oh, one day. that you can find.
0: Me. That would be exciting. Yeah, I know it's all confusing now because Instagram has the Reels and it's becoming more like TikTok, and it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's all kind of melding together. But awesome! Mm-hmm. So I'll put a link to your website and then also your Instagram. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing your time and your knowledge. I learn so much from every guest, but I, as you can tell, always have a million questions for (laughs) any dentist. And I just appreciate your thoughtfulness and just for answering all of them. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brooke. Well, that's all for today. Before the next episode drops, I'd love to chat with you one-on-one about the BS messages and methods currently holding you back. You deserve simple weight loss and sustainable wellness. So let's figure out how to make both happen to book your free consultation, click through the link in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Health Investment Podcast. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis.